Spencer Steer led the influx of young talent making his way to the big leagues in 2022. Today, we'll tell you why heading into 2024, he may be the quiet new leader behind the scenes for the Cincinnati Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. want to thank you for taking time out of your day during the offseason to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up at Jeff Carr with three Fs, or you can hit Steve up at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, or you can hit the show up at Locked On Reds. Or if you're watching right here on YouTube, thank you so much for doing so. If this is your first time, drop a thought down in our comment section. Let us know. Give us a question. Give us a thought about the Reds and how you're feeling about the Cincinnati Reds here on a Monday in November as we are looking back on the season that was. The uh, the offseason is kind of rolling along here, but we are still looking back at what 2023 had in store because there was a lot that went down that we want to remember before we get into that because we're going to talk about spencer steer quite a bit here spencer steer and his value to this team cannot be understated but i think it goes under the radar and we'll tell you why and then later on as well uh, bob nightingale had an article about the gm meetings and there was like a blurb about the reds and in that blurb there was a very poignant thing about one jonathan india that we'll get to later on. Before we talk about all of that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And Steve, where we want to begin today is with Spencer Steer, because Spencer Steer is the consistent presence that the Reds need, both in the clubhouse and on the stat sheet. You know, it's funny. We talk about Matt McClain being the guy that changed the energy when he came up in May out in Colorado, but Spencer Steer was here from day one in 2023. He Mm. came up and made his debut in 2022. Uh, You know, it was, I think, a very meaningful cup of coffee he got there at the end of 2022 because it really allowed him to come into 2023 prepared. And, And he really did hit the ground running. I mean, when you look at what he was able to do as a player in 2023. Um, It's hard to not be impressed with him. He was a 2.9 war player, according to baseball reference. Uh, And, and, you know, that does factor in defense. And I don't know that that's fair in his case because he played left field uh, as much as you and I did uh, prior to this season. And then he's out there starting in the major league. So, you know, he took a bit of a hit for that. And when you look at that 2.9 war and you look at his slash line of 271, 356, 464 over the course of the 2023 baseball season, that was good for about 19 to 20% above league average OPS plus of 119, according to baseball reference. So he was, he was very good from beginning to end. Uh, he was relatively healthy from beginning to end. Unlike mm-hmm. you and I today, uh, I'm just going to apologize to everyone in advance. There's going to be times that you and I cut out today. We're button. both yeah. fighting this. This The cough buttons are going to get worn out today. But Spencer Steer was healthy a lot of the way. And, and where everybody else is flashy, where everybody else brought this 
this energy, this, this, this revved up youth. Spencer Steer was, as you say, just Mr. Consistent. 23 home runs, 86 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, walked 68 times. He got on base quite a bit and did whatever the team needed him to do whenever they needed him to do it. And and in this core, I think we're going to talk about a lot in the offseason. Who's going to be the leader of this team? Who's going to be the new face of the franchise? Uh, that position apparently open now with the departure of Joey Votto. Uh, Spencer Steer may not be any of those guys. He may not be the leader of the team. He may not be the face of the franchise, but I think behind the scenes, he's going to be the new Joey Votto and what he brings to a calming, consistent effect on the rest of the players. Yeah, he is. he's going to be a dude that I mean, you cannot overstate the – importance that leading the team in plate appearances and at bats and games played last year means to this ball club. I mean, think about not, and, and, and with all the different faces that they had in the big leagues, you almost are want to use the word upheaval, but it was just a year of change. It was a year of transition where you go from one group of players to the next, but this group of players is the future, but those guys weren't here all year. Spencer Steer was Spencer Steer was here in April whenever everything was rough, whenever the Reds really weren't trying to compete for anything because they didn't have the guys up here yet that they knew were going to be good. And then he was here during the middle of the summer where we were singing Ellie's praises, where we were loving Matt McClain. He was here whenever CES came up and was hitting bombs and he was just doing his thing. He led the team in homers. He led the team in RBIs. He led the team in doubles. And a lot of that is just because he led the team in plate appearances. But that is a stat. And if you go back, if you ask Joey, um, I always remember, you know, when you ask Bronson Arroyo, Bronson's favorite stat was innings pitched. Joey's favorite stat was games played. Guys who have been in this game long enough know that it's the longevity that speaks to everything else. If you're good at everything else, the longevity happens. You don't just play if you're not good at everything else. Spencer Steer was good at everything else. Yeah, he was only out of the lineup six times in the entire mm -hmm. 2023 baseball season. He played in 156 games. And just the versatility uh, that he demonstrated to accomplish that, you know, because as you say, all those other guys were coming up and, and they weren't being brought up to sit the bench. They were coming up to play every day and play certain positions. And every time an adjustment needed to be made, seemingly Spencer Steer was the adjustment, right? I mean, look at his 2023, Jeff, 73 appearances at first base, 47 at third base, 45 in left field, 16 at second base, six as a designated hitter, and three more in right field for good measure. He was all over the place. I don't remember an instance where he played in right field. That's crazy. Started twice. He started two games in right field, played in a total of three games, 11 innings as a right fielder. And that just speaks to his value. And I think that that, I mean, we aren't privy to the behind the scenes stuff in the clubhouse because, well, that's, I mean, that's something that baseball players and baseball teams keep sacred. But when it comes to Spencer Steer is very obvious whenever anyone else was interviewed, whenever Jim day talked to somebody, whenever, um, you know, one of the players made it on a radio program or something like that, they were always talking about, you know, something Spencer Steer said in the clubhouse. And usually it was something lighthearted. Usually it was something, that kind of got them smiling, got them feeling good. But 
it's very obvious to me that he is a quiet leader for this clubhouse. And as much as we talk about his production and and, and where his production is just never going to jump off the page at you, like we're never going to look at Spencer Steer's numbers and be like, holy cow, how did he do that? But he's always going to be around 270. He's always going to be around 280. And, you know, we might even be talking about more home runs next year. We might mention that here in a few minutes. But the production that he gives is just in part to the leadership that he provides this team in the clubhouse. Yeah, he's never going to be the rah-rah guy out on the field. There's there's other players, and when we get to their their episodes, that I will, will point at to be the on-field face of the franchise vocal leader of this team. Uh, Spencer Steer's not going to be that guy. He is going to be that guy, much like Joey Votto was for a lot of his career. You hear about him talking to guys in the clubhouse, and in the batting cage and helping them refine their craft and helping them become better players and doing it all without cameras around, doing it all without recognition and then never talking to the media about it at all. That's going to be Spencer Steer's role moving forward, I think. He's going to fill that void that's now left with number 19 heading off to either another team or to retirement. Spencer Steer is going to be the new what was this? This the new the new centering balance, the new the new Zen guru, calming guy in the gut. I, I I don't. We got to find a way to describe this, Jeff. I know we we tried in prep also and couldn't quite come up with it. But he's going to be a, a quiet, a quiet calming effect, a, a quiet resource for his teammates to come to uh, during the course of the 2024 season and beyond. And I know this too, as, as it pertains to fans, he's going to be every diehard fans favorite player. Like you always think about diehard fans and how, you know, they, they see that, you know, all the Ellie jerseys and all the Matt McLean jerseys that are going to be in the stands and stuff like that. So they're going to be like, I'm going to try and be a little bit more deep with my take as far as my favorite player goes. And they're going to pick Spencer steer because of everything that he does for this team. But he's also not going to be, like you said, he's not going to be the face of the team, but he's going to be every bit as important as somebody that we pick for that role. Well, one thing we know is that Spencer Steer is going to be a consistent presence for what the Reds need, both in the clubhouse and on the stat sheet moving into 2024. All right, coming up, it's going to be time not to talk about what Spencer Steer has done, but what we think he's going to do in 2024 and how important that is going to be for the Cincinnati Reds. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. Uh, You know, you and I, we spend a lot of time talking to each other. We get fired up together watching wins, watching losses, uh, discussing who's starting, who's not, talking about a better lineup, talking about where guys should bat in the lineup. Uh, But today I want our chat to get just a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another disruption to the supply chain, you are going to be covered with Jace Medical. Thanks to our partners there at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. They even have ED generics like Cialis and Viagra uh, available by prescription. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Uh, One verified customer from Jason Medical had this to say about the service. 
quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a one year's supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than my local pharmacy. I highly recommend this for everyone. Close quote. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of your daily meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next episode. Jeff is going to be talking to you about uh, the Reds and their chances to win awards. We know they were shut out in 2023. Well, that changed. By the end of 2024. Well, you're going to have to tune in to hear what Jeff has to say about that. But Jeff, what we're talking about right now, Spencer Steer's expectations in 2024. Now, we do this thing and we've done it to a lot of the Reds youngsters that have come up where we set these ceilings and these expectations so high that they almost can't reach them unless they are just perfect. And I think we haven't done that with Spencer Steer and I don't want to fall into that trap. Uh, I think that what he showed us in 2023 is who he is. I don't expect there to be a lot of fall off. I do think there's a little bit more ceiling there, though. I think he still has some room to grow and become a better player, both offensively and defensively, wherever he finally lands in a defensive spot. Uh, but there are some things we saw from him in 2023 that he can improve upon, things that can get better, things that can make him a better player in 2024. And I think it starts just kind of with the hard hit rate. Like his average, uh, his like average exit velocity and his hard hit rate were both kind of average to below average when you compare it to the rest of the league hitters. And I think that that's something that could probably improve. We're talking about a dude that is very uh, good with the plate discipline. He is um, better than league average with the walk rate better than league average with a strikeout rate. He is really good at not chasing bad pitches. So that's the kind of profile that you want to kind of build as a hitter. Now, when you look at most of his stuff, when it comes to quality of contact and things like that, it is what it was like his, even his BABIP was slightly above league average, but it was right there around league average. Like there was nothing about his game that said he was getting very lucky or getting very unlucky. What we saw from him is pretty much what we can expect. And if you're telling me that we got a 35 to 36% on base guy, sign me up for that. That that's a great dude to have somewhere around the middle of your order and the 820 OPS. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you would love to have in a guy for the most part, but I'm with you, like the numbers, when you really look at the analytics and not to dive too deep into the specifics of it all, but it all says that he is who he is. He's not really hiding anything in particular. It's all just about what steps up now, what improves. You know, I had the opportunity yesterday to talk with your doppelganger, uh, Tim Daniel, over at Late Night Reds, and we were talking about uh, Spencer Steer, and, and and Tim thinks Spencer Steer is going to be a 30 home run guy and an all-star in 2024. From his lips to God's ears, if that happens, I will take it. I don't know 
for sure that he could be an all-star, but I think he could be a three-war player. I think he could be a quality starting Major League Baseball player. 30 home runs for Spencer Steer in 2024, I think is definitely in the realm of possibility and and much more likely uh, to happen than, say, my prediction of Tyler Stevenson hitting 40. But <laughs> I think that Spencer Steer could deliver upon that. And, you, you know, you talk about these statistical categories, Jeff, and when we break them all down, and many of them show him to be right about league average just a skosh above league average but when you put the whole package together you know like i mentioned there in the first segment you look at his ops plus and he played 19 percent better than league average over the entire season and i think that will improve i think he'll be a 25 percent to 30 percent above league average kind of guy looking at an ops plus of 125 to 130 and i don't think that's a high in the sky expectation that we're placing upon him. It's not the thing we did to Hunter Green where he's going to come in and throw a no-hitter every time out. It's not the thing right. that we did to Ellie De La Cruz where he's going to be a Major League Baseball's first 75-75 guy. You know, we had all of these wild expectations for some of these these rookies as they came up. And Spencer Steer, I think, has defied that a little bit and just and very quietly, very calmly just kind of planted himself in this lineup and, and left us room to, to watch him grow and not over-expect and, and watch him over-deliver for us while we're not over-expecting. Well, I think, too, like when we talk about players and their performances and different things that they can do on the field. You talk about floor and ceiling. What's the floor of their performance? What's the lowest possible thing you can expect? What's the ceiling? Spencer steers a very high floor guy. Yeah. He's not a guy that I'm ever really going to expect. I mean, if he goes through a slump, I know he's going to break out of it. And when he breaks out of it, everything's going to be right as rain because dude just has the ability to be a very stabilizing force for this team we're going to continue to say that he he's the stabilizing force the consistent for i don't know what the word is maybe we just need to make up a word um we'll, we'll get to work on that that'll be something we do this off season but um maybe an aloha friday type deal but when it comes to what we can expect from him moving forward wherever he goes and he probably doesn't have the highest ceiling on the team that's definitely ellie but his ceiling is not where it is right now. He has not reached his peak, but I firmly what? believe that he's not a guy that has a wide range of outcomes. He's not going to dip down below very far what we saw this year. No, that's a great point about the floor, you know, the talent floor where these guys are. You know, if you pin me down on it and ask me to list of, of all the rookies, you know, those floor rating, you know, the you're right. The the ceiling, we talk about Ellie, you know, maybe Matt McClain comes next with his ceiling. But when we talk about the floor, I think the highest floor on the team right now is Matt McClain heading into 2024. And I think just after him is Spencer Steer. Now, some of these other rookies, I think, could surpass Spencer Steer. But you're absolutely right. Where they are right now, this is their floor. And Spencer Steer's floor is pretty high. Multiple different types of these players. We're not talking about, you know, I, I feel like, there's this new thing in analytics really focuses on guys who are, are teams who have all of the high-end talent, but teams are built up of multiple of these guys. You've got the Ellie's, you've got the Matt McLean's, you've got the Spencer Steers, you've got the CESs, these guys that all have differing kind of profiles to their potential, but 
that doesn't mean that any one of them is worse than the other. The team needs every single one of them. Spencer Steer is the exact kind of guy that you want to have on your team. And 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 this is going to go down, and, and we will continue to say this. The trade that brought him to Cincinnati is going to go down as one of the best trades that the team has ever made because of what they gave up and what they got back. And Spencer Steer is going to be that kind of dude on this team for years to come where maybe Ellie is struggling. Maybe Matt McClain's going through a bit of struggles. Maybe CES just isn't finding the ball. Maybe Noelvi Marte is running into some issues. Will Benson's running into some issues. Spencer Steer's always going to be that dude that's just kind of like, leave it to me. I'll get this done. I'll get the production in there. No, absolutely right. And I want to find some word. You know, we can just, I think yeah. maybe until we figure it out, just say that he's going to be steering the team in the right direction. And you know what he is for, you know what he is? He's mashed potatoes. Nobody hates mashed potatoes and every single plate, every single dinner that you've ever had. When you had mashed potatoes, you knew you could rely on that. If the meat was cold or if it was dry or if it was tough, you go to the mashed potatoes. I finally get you to make something besides <laughs> a star Wars reference. And you come with mashed potatoes. Are you kidding me? You know what? We're getting out of this segment. Spencer Steer may not be the face of the franchise, but he will be the quiet, steady leader of the Reds Young Corps in 2024. Coming up next, Bob Nightingale wrote an article that had some poignant things to say about the Reds trading Jonathan India. We're going to get into that right after this. You can follow us between episodes on social media over at X, uh, in our Discord server over at X. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. You can follow me at S Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, don't forget Jeff's TikTok challenge. Go find him on TikTok at Jeff Carr, Jeff with three Fs. If we get him to 1,000 followers before next season, he is going to lead a flash mob down the concourse at Great American Ballpark. Also, head over to our Discord server and join the Discord community. There is a link in the description of today's episode join us for talking baseball talking bingles if we ugh, and talking a whole bunch a whole bunch of other things gaming and off topic and all of the things are going to be there you can uh check that out over on discord all right jeff bob nightingale had some things to say and to be clear we're talking about bob nightingale senior that covers the national level of major league baseball i will say this right up front uh, I don't think he's as bad as John Heyman, but oh, no. he is he is sometimes wrong. Uh, and with that being said, he has an article out and says some things about the Reds' possibility of trading Jonathan India. I think if Twitter wasn't a thing, Bob would have would be more well respected uh, because he's a good reporter. He is a good writer. Mm -hmm. He he really has good information, and in his article that he wrote about the GM meetings and, and, and much of the article was mostly about the conversations that he had about the people that he saw about all this other different stuff. But there was a point, it was, it was like a part of the article is called Bob's notes and under Bob's notes, he had a very poignant note about the Cincinnati Reds. And it said this quote, the Cincinnati Reds are expected to non-tender Nick Sinzel trade Jonathan India this winter while strongly pursuing a veteran starter like Michael Waka or Wade Miley. So that's a lot of things. And I think one of, of them, 
one of them is not surprising at all. One of them is something we've heard lots of rumors about, but you and I are starting to withdraw a little bit from those rumors. And the other, I don't know, man. I don't know what I think about the starter, but let's let's, let's start let's with the Johnson. Systematically, yeah. yeah. Let's just no, let's let's just talk them system. Let's do the easy one first. The Reds are yeah. expected to non-tender Nick Senzel. Yes, they're going to non-tender Nick Senzel. Uh, I yeah. would be stunned. I think some kind of major injury to somebody before the non-tender deadline, which is coming soon. So, you know, it's – I just don't see it. He's not going to be the highest-paid yeah. player on this team. They're going to non-tender him. He's going to be gone. Barring, like, a, a, a trade that depletes the team for Juan Soto, which they're not going to do, uh, they're, not, they're not going to – keep Nixon's on this roster. It's like we've said multiple times next year's Nixon's L is Jose Barrero and you Correct. can't have two of the same type of player on the team. So it's going to be Jose Barrero and Nixon Zell. Both of them are out of options. One of them we still think has some potential. So we'll, I think the Reds are going to roll the dice with Jose Barrero. The, the second one for me, the, the Reds, it, it says the Reds are expected to a non-tender and the Reds are expected to, to trade Jonathan India this winter. That's all he says. And the thing for me, and in and, and, and John Morosi's uh, tweet about the Jonathan India rumor, he, he expounded a little bit more on it, but he still said the same thing. People are trying to trade for Jonathan India. People are wondering if the Reds will trade Jonathan India. There are no reports as to what the return might look like. And those kind of rumors make me think of Jonathan in India for prospects. And that's a no-go for me. No, uh, I think I'd say some things I think to be true. I don't know them to be true hundred percent, but I think to be true. I think the Reds value Jonathan India higher than major league baseball values Jonathan India. I think that while there is a bit of a log jam on the infield for the Cincinnati Reds, you can keep Jonathan India and still get everybody full-time playing time. What it would mean is that Jonathan India becomes the Reds' primary designated hitter and fills in at second and third base when those guys need a day off. That still gets Jonathan India full-time playing time. Uh, the benefit to that is you would hope that India comes and with less time in the field, uh, more time focusing on his hitting, remains healthy, raises his value a little bit, and becomes a trade piece later towards the break when the Reds need to fix something along the way. I think that's the most likely scenario for Jonathan India. I would be stunned if he sent in an offseason deal and, and unless it's a package. You know, Jonathan India is not going to bring in the right-handed power bat that you need for the outfield. Jonathan India is not going to bring you a starting pitcher that is a meaningful upgrade to the rotation that that you've been advocating for, Jeff. You know, that Jonathan India alone is not going to do that. So I think the Reds' best move is to sit on this a little bit, let him play in 2024, and then hopefully he raises his profile just a little bit more on a team that will be competing for a division championship, and then you're able to flip him for the part that you need around the All-Star break. He is a guy, and I know they keep shutting this down, but they really need to try him in the outfield. Whatever it is, left field, right field, whatever, I don't think he has the arm for right field, but wherever. Like, the multiple position thing is a huge boon to anyone's value. He, he should absolutely try this and maybe to think about it with Ellie, but there, there's just so many different things with this that I'm, I, I feel like the Reds would benefit. 
And the only thing that I got to believe on that is that he just is, has been completely adverse to wanting to do that at all. And you know what? More power to him. But he's got to understand that his value to this team is as a multi-position guy now. He is not the everyday second baseman. He is a super utility guy who's still going to get his at-bats, but more so as a Ben Zobrist than as a Brandon Phillips that never moved off the second base. So I, I yeah. And I, and I will say that all of that also circling back to this being a majority Spencer steer episode. If Jonathan India is on this team, Spencer steers your left fielder. That's just yes. how that, that's how that beast is going to have to go. No. And, and I 100% agree with that. And then the last thing on this, strongly pursuing a veteran starter like Michael Walker or Wade Miley, I will say whenever I first broached the idea of this offseason, the Reds going and getting a starting pitcher, I said it'd be more of a veteran guy that was more of the back end of the rotation. I talked myself into the Reds going and getting like an ace guy. But I think at some point, whether it's one or the other, I think it is a good move. Now, these two guys are very different, Michael Waka and Wade Miley, because one of them is very desirable, but also very expensive. And the other one, I think we've seen his best year. And as much as I loved Wade Miley in 2021, I don't know that you improve on that season. Wade Miley's, according to our friends over at Spot Track, will command approximately nine, I'm sorry, $7.922 million a year to sign. Uh, that seems pricey for a 37 year old lefty that has had some injury issues uh, of late. Looking at Michael Waka, he had a fantastic season out in San Diego for the Padres. He started 24 games, went 14 and four, 3.22 ERA and 134.1 innings. Uh, this guy's pretty good. And that translates to this guy's pretty expensive. Uh, the way that our spot track folks uh, rate him out, uh, his estimated AAV, the value of his contract per year for Michael Waka is going to come in at over $18 million for a signing. I do not see that happening. It's why I continue oh, to push back on you, the signing of a starter. I think they're much more likely to go get three $6 million relief pitchers than they are to sign one $18 million starting pitcher. And I think spending that money in the bullpen makes this team better every day. Spending that money on one starting pitcher makes them better every fifth day. But I also think, too, the Reds have the flexibility to kind of do both. And then maybe they don't get three. Maybe they get two bullpen guys. But I know if you sign somebody who is, is solid, consistent, and healthy in this rotation, you're going to improve the bullpen because then you do move somebody who would have been in the rotation into the bullpen or you turn them into a depth uh, you know a depth rotation piece there's some there's lots there's lots to it when it comes to the movement but i just i think that the reds have enough flexibility to do both i don't know why they have to choose one or the other although i do go back and i kind of agree with you 18 million for michael waka seems a little bit expensive if you're gonna spend 18 million on michael waka why not just go spend 20 million on sunny gray that's right. That's or 23 million on Blake Snell. You know, I mean, there's there's yeah. some options there. I don't know that they should go spend 37 million dollars on Clayton Kershaw, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And that 
is where we will end today's podcast. The Reds will not sign Clayton Kershaw this offseason. Sorry for those that believed he would. And that's where we're going to end. Thank you so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. And thanks as always for making us your first listen every single day because we are free and available on all platforms. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. You know the Reds were shut out of the awards this year. Will that change this next season? Hmm. 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 We'll find out. Until then, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? We're going to keep monitoring the rumors. We're going to keep gathering up all the news, and we're going to keep bringing all that information back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Clayton Kershaw, $37 million. That's insane. Did Clayton Kershaw 